I'm Ami Horowitz and I'm here in Seattle at CHAZ, the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone. This is the Seattle Secessionist Movement, or as I call them, the Confederacy of Dunces. They kicked out the Seattle Police Department, ransacking the precinct, putting up barricades, and declaring their fiefdom sovereign. We're gonna find out what's going on and spread some peace, love, and probably some coronavirus. As a Seahawks fan, should the Seahawks sign Kaepernick? Of course. Give him a shot. The Seahawks. Give him a shot. Should he start over Russell Wilson? Of course not. Yeah. Then it turned dark. We just got to get rid of the whole shit. Start up. Burn the whole shit down. Yeah. You know, if there is no change, there might be a lot more destroying until there is. Right? It's the voice of the unheard. But I think some destruction and looting kind of sends a message to people. And breaking their is justified. In order to I'm not going to dismantle the same nation that is deemed legitimate, we kind of have to destroy it. We said, you know what, fuck the property, fuck the consumption, fuck capitalism. I mean, white people own slaves, so them. All we need is like the love of one another and the communal aspect of one another and taking care of each other. Um, I a super devout Christian guy came here. He was spouting about, you know, God is glory. He hates homosexuals. He hates abortions. He was sitting there spreading, you know, very divisive words. And he was allowed to do it. Nobody hit him. You didn't get tackled to the ground. That Christian guy did get tackled. They had him on the ground choking him out. While these sentiments were the majority opinion of most people in the Chaz, was it reflective of the leadership of this Lilliputian utopia? The question was answered when we interviewed Jaden Grayson, one of the leaders of this movement. Every single day that I show up here, I'm not here to peacefully protest. I'm here to disrupt until my demands are met. You cannot rebuild until you break it all the way down. Respond to the demands of the people or prepare to be met with any means necessary. By any means necessary. That's not just a slogan. No. No. No, it's not a slogan. It's not even a warning. I'm letting people know what comes next. A response to violence is not violence itself. The Republic of Chaz published a very clear list of demands. Among them was the abolishment of the police. The Seattle Police Department turns in their badges. We'll have made a move forward. In other words, not defund the police. Abolish. Abolish the police state. Included in the lengthy manifesto was the demand to abolish the justice system. So speaking of the criminal justice system, do you think that it's so inherently biased, so inherently racist, that the criminal justice system, the courts, all of that need to be taken away? Absolutely. Without question. Speaking of the criminal justice And then what? Again, you're asking a question that cannot be answered. The unraveling that happens to that system is also exactly what will fuel the black minds and the black bodies that will recreate a new world. Should we abolish the prison system? Yes, we should get rid of it as we know it today. Get rid of it? Yes. I don't understand why more journalists are not asking those questions. 
We run to black people the minute that they're killed and we have been seeing them be killed for so long that the PTSD from that is unbelievable. You have people still bitching about 9-11. Unbelievable. One act of terror. Do you feel like an American? I am an African brought to America. I'm actually one of the original members of the Seattle Black Panther Party. Do you feel like the revolution that you started is on the right track? I think it's taking a turn in the wrong direction, honestly. This police, this precinct here is needed because there are a lot of people that, that need police assistance. Who are they going to call? But you know what? We didn't go around and smash them and and, and, and burn them out and things like that. It just didn't happen. So unlike, I think- Unlike today. Unlike today. Shutting down the streets and calling this some kind of autonomous zone is a, is a bunch of bullshit. I'm Ami Horowitz and I'm here in Seattle. Who are you gonna call? I, I mean, now I guess we can go to Ghostbusters. We just you go break. I mean, everybody, everybody loved the Ghostbusters. Yeah, I don't think they're coming out either. Well, here we are. Another, another. How valid is the validity? We changed up the office a little bit. It's a little. Is it a little darker in here? Is it darker, Parker? Is it darker, Parker? <laughs> You're a poet, and you didn't know it. You gotta unmute your mic. Hello. Hello? You gotta, you gotta mute. It. I don't know what you're doing. Nobody can ever hear you. I think it's almost a joke now. Welcome to how valid is the validity on your uh, Wednesday? We were off last week, and you know I gotta admit, some of the show prep I've made for this show is is it is uh, it's a little lacking. It's a little lacking tonight, Chad. I'm not gonna lie. That's because you had four days of nonstop drinking in the lake. Of the that Ozarks. is that is not even true. Uh, not it, even it wasn't non-stop it was i had some time off but it was it was a fun week at the lake of the ozarks it was nice to to get out and play some music oh casey says it's darker but it looks good and uh, you know uh, i think he's making fun of the fact that he can't see me as well i think would be what he's talking about i don't know i want to i, I want to dive right into it me and chad about killed each other here last night uh and you still didn't buy me dinner <laughs> You literally got up and walked out of the restaurant. I was had to. I was. I had to. I had to take a break. I had to take a breather. I, that's one thing I learned uh, uh, from my divorce was you know just get up and stop talking, shut your mouth, and and leave the room and and let cooler uh, heads prevail, which would be uh, good for everybody uh, in this country right now. I wish we. I wish we could go back to the days of COVID, COVID, <laughs> when we just all were at home worrying about leaving and dying. You know, and, and it wasn't, it wasn't this. I mean, it's, it's, uh, I, I mean, two weeks off and I, I thought I was going to come back after the last one and I was just going to, we were going to have a good time, maybe talk a little music, have a, uh, you know, uh, a, a conspiracy corner, corner. And, and, and here we are now basically, uh, uh talking through the, the, the same stuff on a, on a different day, different day. You know, I think that. I have tried to think about this a thousand different ways. And I'm, I'm going to say this. The, the one thing we all have to remember is that if you're a law-abiding a citizen, whatever your creed or race or color, whatever it is, whatever, whoever you are, people that are just trying to wake up and go to work and do their thing and raise their kids, 
a lot of this doesn't apply to you. Right, it, you're 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 dealing with. It's almost like being in the crossfire, right? Uh, 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 you know, because you're you're still you're you're trying to come out of this COVID thing, trying to figure out if your kid if you're going to have to raise your kids in the fall, if you're going to try to have to homeschool while you're ironing and and you're trying to work from home and all that that crap. Uh, but but if you you know if 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 you've never had a problem with the police and then you never had a problem with the government and you and, and you're dealing with all this stuff and you're trying to get through what's going on. And you're dealing with this other side of stuff and you're, you don't know what to do because you can't say anything. If you try to express how you feel, sure as shit, you are going to say something that is going to piss somebody off. Get you banned from Facebook. You, you know, people that you've never talked to, if you want to reach out to people you haven't talked to for years, say something on Facebook about your feelings. You, you will hear from people that you went to that, that you went to middle school with that were only at your school for a month. They will reach out and tell you what you just said was stupid. But um, no, it's interesting. Interesting. You know, uh, Chad was a police officer, uh, and so we had a uh, a pretty heated discussion last night uh, uh, concerning the, of course, the Atlanta shooting uh, right. that just happened a couple of weeks ago. Chad, I got to admit, you know. Um, after thinking through this and, and, you know, doing the old Chris Weaver thing, which is uh, let's get up and, and yell and scream a little bit and get heated, but not mad. I just, I get very heated and I get very, uh, you know, same. I mean, which is what makes our, it makes it fun. Sometimes it can be. And, and, and volatile, volatile, but it, it also, it's kind of like when you were, uh, on the playground as a kid like back in the day before people brought guns to the playground, like you get in a fight with your buddy, you beat the snot out of each other. You shake hands. You have, and go a res- on. You have yeah. respect. Yeah. yeah. There's a respect there. Yeah. Right. And, and yes, I, I did feel some of that. And, and, you know, I was, I was saying, you know, my, my thing was, okay, first off, we, we didn't need another one right now. We didn't need this right now. You know, uh, two white police officers, again, shooting, a, a black man and, and then trying to decipher all this with, with body cam footage and a, and a Wendy's cam and, 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 and car cam. We didn't need this right now, obviously, but you know, like most bad things, it, it, it just progresses. Like when you stub your toe, you either change your mindset that, Hey, that's not a big deal. And you move on and try to have a happy day or you say this sucks and your rest of your day is ruined too. Right. Start right off. But the thing about it is for me, my point was the guy had a taser non-threatening life-threatening and so chad's making points on a, on a, on things that he would deal with if when he was a police officer that, that's basically saying well you know he engaged he come back around he could have hit the police officer put him put, to put him to the ground got his gun could have gone a whole nother way so i you know we go back and forth on this deal and i'm like well again is it we're talking about death right not if the guy was wrong for being drunk and passed out, not if the cops were wrong for trying to arrest him, not not any of that stuff. It's it's to me the bottom line is living and dying, you know, because you can. This guy might have made a mistake, but he can maybe come back. But the bottom line is, if you are a police officer in those types of situations, none of us know how would we how would we re, how would we how would we 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 react right. That's the 
you're right about that, right? Right. And and the thing is, it, it's it's really easy to lump all these things into one thing and and just make a blanket statement and say, I would do this, I would do that, and it's really easy to do it if when you're the guy sitting at a desk watching back somebody else's action. I mean, this whole thing unfolded in what, what do we decide? Ten seconds. Well, I mean, no, right. Well, I mean, but yes, it was it was literally like ten or eleven seconds. And you know, Casey makes a point here where the taser had already been fired. Actually, the the fired taser was not what the taser that the man had, because his taser fired when he turned when he did turn around. The, the The issue that they're having now is trying to decide: Did the police officer shoot the man before he turned around to point the taser? Right, because that right. is that, that and, that's and going to be a law issue. So, so and and how that works in deciding if it's a quote quote justifiable shoot based on removing emotion, um, removing the I don't want to say the the human aspect of it, but based on strict law, based on predicate that the Supreme Court has laid out in case after case. Uh, it, the Supreme Court says whatever action, uh, as a police officer, whatever action is taken against you on whatever level. Um, so there's a there's a use of force continuum that says if the suspect is doing this, you can move you as a law enforcement officer move to the next one. So a taser is a less lethal weapon that. Sorry, I'm bouncing the table. This new setup is going to take. <laughs> so as a, a, a less le- uh, a taser falls into the category of a less lethal weapon, but uh, it's it's a weapon that is used to incapacitate. Right. Um, so and I was a taser instructor. I went to an instructor school with some of the biggest, baddest FBI agents, Secret Service agents. I'm talking guys who used to play football like real dudes i'm i'm not in that category i never played football but anyways there's if you make that connection and and if you don't know how a taser works so a taser projects um 21 feet um and it shoots two probes that essentially are straight fish hooks that they go into your skin and it connects to your central nervous system and essentially makes your entire body um, incapacitated. Right. Yeah, you contract and you lose control of your central nervous system. D- during that time, it, you know, the whole premise is it, it keeps hand-to-hand fighting down um, so less officers get hurt, less suspects get hurt. You tase, tase the guy, it lasts for 15 seconds. That gives you time to put cuffs on the guy you pop the probes pop right out. You put a bandaid on it. It's it's over. Uh, yes. However, so that falls into a category of a less lethal weapon. Um, and so the police officer by, by legal standards based on Supreme court predicate can go up to that. So if that officer, if when he engages that officer with the taser, the officer is legally justified to fire his service weapon. Right. That's that's strictly based on predicate. Just just law and le- right. legality. Right. So that now so that again what 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 they're looking at is did he fire the weapon 
before the man turned around to engage. So that that's going to be that that legal thing. So let's go back to to so we can't we we're not going to decide that. That's going to take another team of people to figure that one out. So my point of it is going back to two weeks ago when we were talking about um, the black community and 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 these and these riots and all this kind of thing and you know you had. You had people that are that are talking and trying to protest peacefully and 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 get their voice heard and all that kind of stuff. And we talked about small government, or, or, or city governments, county governments, state governments to to take the fight to them because this is people in your backyard. You get to go. You can actually just go knock on the door and have a conversation with if if that's the route you want to go. But the problem is we don't we do not give nobody nobody gives any idea on how to fix anything. Because if you look at the uh, at, at how these events have rolled out from George Floyd to today, let's let's just go over the schematic. Cops engage with a black person. We'll just we'll just say it it, it is black and, and a white cop at this point in time because theoretically this is cops versus criminals in general. And so now, but in this case, with 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 the with the black and the white cop to to, to criminal ratio uh, situation. So now we have this situation where the cop does something that horrendous, and 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 this person ends up dying. So now we have an outcry from everybody. Everybody's going crazy. Everybody's rioting. Everybody's doing this. You get the protest, and you and so then what's the first thing that happens? The family comes out. Okay, we're doing that. We all get it. Everybody is in line with the fact that this was wrong. Everybody in the freaking country. There's nobody you could ask unless they were absolutely just a complete idiot, which, which there are. Please don't ask those people. You'll know what they, you'll know who they are because they'll say that was nothing wrong with it. And then, you know, you've met an idiot, but let's just say everybody else. And so then we have that. And then we have the fight between the rioters and the and the peaceful protesters, and then we have the George Soros theories. This nip, this doesn't end. This is we. I can tell you that this has happened time and time again on on these situations. And then you have the black community come out, and then you have these people that are saying that Black Lives Matters is a hoax and it's a leftist lie, and 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 there isn't systemic racism in this country, and and black people aren't afraid of the cop. You, you have then you have that part of it, and then you essentially just have this thing. Then after three weeks, where you have both sides going at it now, blaming the other, and you thought, okay, this was bad. Those cops need to go to jail and probably shot. But then it turns into this other thing where then at the end of the day, after you hear people from the black community say, what about places like Baltimore who are run by black people, who are run by black mayors for the last four mayors and who have people in the Senate or or, or people in the House that run Baltimore. And that place is just awful. It's not not good at all. And, And even Chicago can have some of that, I would say. I'd say there's places all over the country, but I mean, Baltimore, really not good. And you have that. And so as a person that's just, whether you're black or white, and, and, and if you don't deal with, or if you don't live in these areas, or you don't deal with police officers, like you're, you're sitting around going, I don't know what to believe now. I, I, it, are cops bad? Are, what, do they, are these black people got a point and they, they know what's going on and these other people don't? Are these just 
greasing the wheel. What in the hell is going on? You don't even know. And then so what do you do? You turn it off. You turn it off and you hope it goes away. And you nobody comes up with any ideas and we just wait every day patiently for a cop to, to mess up, one cop somewhere in this world to mess up and, and start this whole process over again. Point being is that last night after talking to Chad, I'm sitting here like, okay, the freaking body cams on these cops are gone within two seconds of taking this person on. Right, both, both of them were ripped off. Your both of them. Yeah. There's nothing that pisses anybody off more then when they put these videos out and then and you're trying to watch them and it um, and off the car they go off to the side and you can't see what's going on and the body cam comes off and you can't see what's going on and you can't see shit there's 50 freaking cameras they can get you smiling on a camera at, at, at McDonald's at four o'clock in the morning from space but somehow we can't see the what's the going on with 60 cameras in this situation it, somehow they all fall off or they're out of range or whatever the case is so what about sticking what about making every cop car a google map car i mean right when a cop pulls up to a situation there's no way in hell that you are not going to know or not see, you could see these people from space. I'm just saying, right? You're going to see every inch of what the hell's going on so that you can, like within a Nat's eyelash, you can see what the hell exactly happened. And not this shit what we're getting now with, you got two body cams on the floor, you you're, you got a Wendy's camera. And a dash cam. And which, a dash cam that they ran past. Which, which let, let me let me say this, when, when I first started as a, in law enforcement in 2003, there were no such thing as cameras. So as much as we've progressed, I mean, I still have two brothers who are in law enforcement, um, two blood brothers um, who are both in law enforcement. And, and the cameras, I, I assume they look at least like the same cameras these guys were wearing. Um, so the um, where we've come in technology for this and being able to to put these cameras on every cop. And, and again, I, I've, I've never worn, I've been out of this for eight years now. So I, I've never worn these specific um, cameras with this specific setup. So I don't know how, um, Yeah, you know, I, I don't know if there are better ways to secure those. I mean, it seems like they would be. I, know, I mean, you think about, I mean, we want to throw out things like GoPros have, essentially a harness that goes around you um really as a cop i'm i'm hesitant about putting something that could be used to choke me um so something like that but i mean it, it's it does seem that there needs to be um a, a way obviously to secure these things more now granted i mean i've had my shirts ripped off in fights i've had you know half my pants torn off so in in every situation, it's not going to be perfect, um, but you know it, it seems like at least you know these two officers both had their body cams torn off during this fight. So okay, um, so all I'm saying is all I'm saying is you know that there's no possible way that the point of these body cams 
and and what these body cams are are supposed to to do is to not really see what the hell's going on if in fact somebody has a confrontation with a police officer in close combat and in this sense when you think about this if you had a body cam if that body cam was sewn into this thing into your shirt and that guy was running after that you would see exactly who shot who first i'm not even a right you so the fact that you could i mean that body cam was off of him literally as soon as that guy started moving around oh yeah they i mean as soon as the fight started i mean we were talking about it all you see is the sky you hear the body cam fall it goes to the sky and and from what i understand these cameras essentially you have a plastic piece that has a uh, a clip on the back of it and goes on the button of your shirt and then the body cam itself twists into that to lock into place which in theory is relatively secure Obviously, in a fight, it's not super secure. Um, but you know, I mean, as far but, as the as far as the the making every car a Google car, um, I mean, that's only going to be effective if you're outside. If you're on a domestic violence call and you're dealing with something inside, or you're inside a building on a. a but I mean, I, I, let's be honest. None of these going back to the 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 guy that was hands up, don't shoot guy. All this, all these were outside. Right, all these were dealing with a police. Hell, that guy came up to the police car. Well, yes, in in these, and, and that's in these situations that but, are highlighted. But there's three, there's three huge, huge. If you would have had cameras on the George Floyd car to hear what they were saying, right? I mean, I that that it it changes everything. Anyway, my point, and we'll, and we'll end on this. What this particular situation is, there's an idea. There's oh, an idea, I, 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 right? It's yeah. not even. Maybe it doesn't work. Maybe it's not feasible. I don't. I don't freaking know. But all I'm tired of is to say that whitey bad, and and, and cops bad, and you know, and everybody's against everybody, and we're all trying to, you know, we're just all trying to screw each other. It's it's not right. And so, bring up the clips with the with the training because this, this is a you know, there you have you have people like Casey, who who are very. You know, Casey I want is, to address Nick, who commented on our, on our, when we have the opportunity, as well. I just don't want to overlook his comment. Okay, give it to me. You want to address it now, or you want to go on? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, Nick, uh, I understand what you're saying as where the the police need to be more um, military. We have a phone call. We do. Okay. Uh, yeah. So I th- I think this. Uh, Let's take this phone call, then we'll come back. Okay. Hello, you're on. Uh, how valid is the validity? How can what 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 can we do for you? Hey, it's Chad. There. This is uh, Jordan. Hey, man. How are you? I'm doing well. Yeah. How are you? So Good. how are you doing, man? Doing well. So so Jordan is uh is a buddy of mine who um we we met through music and all that good stuff. But uh he's a police officer and um he he's a an African-American police officer. So I wanted, uh, I wanted him to call in, uh, just, you know, I, I think it's a different perspective that maybe we can talk through. And, uh, so I, I just wanted to maybe, uh, to get a broad view of where you see everything right now. And, uh, and I want to hear what kind of position it puts you in because essentially you're a guy who's stuck in between, you know, all of this. Correct. Can you give us some more volume, Parker? So, 
Yeah, so um, I could say, and I'm sure I could speak for the millions of officers across this great country that uh, we're in a living hell right now. Um, and as a black police officer, it's even more hell for us because we're faced with the black community um, who, you know, we're supposed to be welcomed by. And the black community should appreciate there's black officers out there that are trying to be the good guys. You know what I'm saying? Um, and we're met with the black community calling us Uncle Toms and traitors. And, you know, when we stand on these front lines or these protests, I mean, we're hearing nastier things than the white cops are hearing. Um, because we're supposed to be one of them, you know, and that's how they feel that we're trading them. Um, when in all reality, you know, it's my job to make sure that my brothers and sisters in blue are upholding the law and the constitutions and they're doing the things the right way. Um, and as a member of the black community, it's my position to step in and try to help that cultural diversity gap. Um, because there can be a cultural diversity gap when, um, you have, you know, let's say you take a guy that's grown up in a predominantly white neighborhood his entire life, becomes a police officer, and then he goes in to police in a predominantly black community. Like near me, there's a city called Gary, Indiana, um, which is, I mean, well known as a predominantly black community, high crime. And you take a guy that is just trying to get his foot in the door that's a police officer who happens to be white, you take him and put him in that community, he's going to have a cultural diversity gap where you know, some things he's not used to. Um, so the black police officer, that would be my job to help him say, hey, here's some things that you're going to see in the black community. You know, they may not be disrespectful to you, but you might take it that way. This is how, it, you know, it's going down. So it's hard for me because I try my hardest um, to help build that community and police relationship. And working on a gang unit, um, I see a lot of violence and I see a lot of death and there's a lot of black-on-black -black crime that needs to be addressed. Um, and we try to reach out to the community for answers when there's a homicide or there's a shooting, but they don't want to talk to us. Um, and now in today's society, it's getting a lot harder for them to want to talk to us because they don't trust us and they think we're out to kill them, which is not the case. So, I mean, here's, the, here's something that I've, you know, from your perspective, that when you... Obviously, authority, when you're dealing with somebody, being a police officer and putting on a badge, right? It, you're, you, mm -hmm. you, part of your ability to do your work is, is having respect for the law, right? So when you go out into a situation and, and, you're, and you're dealing with people that don't respect the law, and you have mm -hmm. to then try to figure, and, and, then, you have to, and then you're defending yourself either with words or just being in a, in a, especially if you're by yourself or maybe with one other person in a situation where people don't give it, don't care that you're wearing a gun or a badge or wh what's going to happen to them if they do something to you. I mean, mm -hmm. how, how, how do you even get the fortitude to, to go into these places with that kind of situation? You know, because that's, aren't that, I mean, that's what officers are dealing with black or white at this point is why would you even want to go into a place where you can't even tell somebody anything. They don't, they don't listen to anything you have to say. And, but, but yet you're supposed to be able to put that guy in jail if he's doing something wrong. I, I'm not, sure, I'm not yeah. sure how. I mean, you've been fighting this before this stuff ever happened. Oh, for sure. Um, you know, you, before, you know, the climate that we're in currently, um, 
you know, we do it because we know nobody else will. We do it because there are good, you know, citizens in the community that rely on us. Um, and there's kids that rely on us. Um, and that's, you know, and it's hard for me because there's, in these times, there's, you know, I've talked to my fiance and I tell her, hey, I'm ready to hang it up. I'm done. You know, there's, I'm not going to risk going to jail because I'm doing my job. I'm not going to risk her safety, you know, if I do something in the course of my duties that, you know, I might see as justified and the rest of the community sees it, you know, or my department sees it justified, but the public, they might say, no, that wasn't justified at all. And now I got people, you know, sitting outside of my house taking videos and harassing my family. I don't want to put my family in that jeopardy. So I'm at the point now where it's kind of like, do I stay in this profession or do I leave? You know, before it wasn't a question. It was, I got to stay in this profession because there's people that depend on me. But now, I mean, I, I believe we're, we're seeing the collapse of the American law enforcement officer, um, where you're going to have a lot of good guys that are going to leave because we're just tired of dealing with it. And I find it ironic um, and funny because the black community, they're saying they're tired of the injustices and the police brutality and whatnot. And the police officers, we're saying, on the other token, we're tired of, being grouped into all being bad right. when there's one incident that turns, you know, the entire world against us. Um, so it, it, on both sides, there's some similarities there. You know, I, I've i never been, as a black man, I've never been um, told I couldn't go into somewhere because of the color of my skin. As a black man, I've never been um, turned away for anything. But as a police officer... In a black community, I was told I couldn't use the bathroom because I wore a police uniform. Jeez, so there's some similarities there that, you know, and you'll have a lot of people say, well, you chose to be a police officer. We didn't choose to be black. Well, you're right. I did choose to be a police officer. But when I signed up to be a police officer, I didn't choose to be ridiculed because of my job. And it's sad because this is a job that I once loved and I was proud to post about. And I used to make a lot of law enforcement posts on my Facebook and my Instagram and now it's like I hide myself. You know, I hide that I'm a police officer. Um, I park my squad car in my garage now. I turned off the blue light on my porch. Um, and, and, all, and, you know, the guys that I work with and the girls I work with, we all feel that the collapse of American law enforcement is amongst us. And, um, you know, it, it's a scary time. Definitely a scary time. So how much do you feel that this is – because here's something that that I, I I can't understand. I mean, I, you watch stuff; it's one thing to be out in it is another. Where is this? Is this the black community saying abolish the police, or is this uh, people that, that that just that are somehow it, white, black, every just these way left? You know, is it is it just a radical group? Or, or is it really, you know, your, is it really the black community that's saying you're, you're out, that we don't want you anymore? So there's a combination of both. Um, most of this started from a lot of radicals and extremists, you know, like Antifa, you know, and if you look at Seattle, they ran the East District of Seattle Police Department out of their police department, and they have these civilians that have form their own militia, if you would, um, to protect the streets. But they've also went back to, like, the mob days where they're charging people for protection. Um, and that's, that's the extreme side of it. But I also have 
friends that are African-American um, that have been posting on their Facebook and they've engaged me in conversation because I'm a police officer and I am black. And they, um, like one of my friends, he said that uh, proactive policing is not needed. He said that we should spend less time, money and resources proactive policing and find more ways to engage the community in a more positive way. And I've tried to explain to him that when through proactive policing, we've taken murderers off the street, we've taken rapists off right. the street. Right. Um, and I honestly believe that proactive policing is very important, um, especially in high crime areas. Um, and cool. his thing was, you know, let's take money away from that and put it into something else. Well, if you're going to take money away from police departments, you're taking away our training, you're taking away equipment that could be used to kind of de-escalate situations more than escalate them. Um, but if you give a guy, you know, minimum equipment and minimum training, you pay for what you get. So, so I, I had this exact same discussion with a guy the other day, and, and I had it because I, I was a friend with this guy, and I felt like we could have yeah. a rational conversation because he was posting all the <laughs> defund the police. This is this is what it really means to defund the police defund the police. And I said, okay, well, let me, let me start with this. Let's go down through a police budget. And I actually, I, I pulled up a, uh, just a police budget today from, um, Newark, Delaware, and just started going through the lines on each one of these budgets. The first thing is 83% of their budget is, is salary. So, if that's the first thing you're going to cut, immediately you start cutting officers, you start cutting response time, you start cutting, you know, the, the people who can get to you, um, you know, and, and right. if you're in a, you know, I, I worked with some smaller agencies when I was a cop, you know, there were times at the sheriff's department, um, you, you may have two deputies to cover an entire county um, and right. your, your backup was already 30 to 45 minutes away. Um, so you, you cut that off. I, I said, okay, what if, uh, you know, you want to take away tasers? Um, you know, those are roughly 500 bucks a piece. If you do that, you take away a step in the, uh, you know, in the, uh, in the escalation, de-escalation process. Um, you go straight from right. pepper spray to a handgun. And for me, t- tasers right. were one of the best inventions ever brought for law enforcement because you know you saw officer injuries go down you saw um you know the uh the uh, inmate or the you know the perpetrator or whatever injuries go down to them um but right. you start taking away tools you're literally taking things off their belt and he said well I, I want to see these officers more trained in diversity i said well you're by what you're posting, you're doing the exact opposite because the first thing that's going to happen is all that extra training will be the, one of the first things cut because it's the first thing that can be cut. So, and, and, and that, and I, and I just want to say, if you could talk a little bit louder, because people are really wanting to hear what you have to say, I I would, you know, if if it's possible, I appreciate it. But, but but that being said, let, let, let's get to the nitty gritty because I mean, it's not going to be too many times in my lifetime. I'm going to get to actually talk to a, uh, to a police officer like this, let alone a black police officer in this this type of situation. So so right. let let's go at it from what people, especially as a white person, trying to understand how I'm I'm supposed to feel about any of this stuff, right? And and your and your feeling about this stuff. It, it two things. 
are you as a police officer at this point in time you 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 can you you can't even really feel the black lives matter issues you you can't really feel the black part of stuff because you're having to deal with your job and and something that you want to do with your life and what you've dedicated your life to so being Correct. how does that right so being black in this case doesn't it, it, you don't even get to relate to what really people are trying to protest against. Correct. And how does that make you uh, feel? So, you know, it, it's, it's just sad all the way around. Um, you know, if we start with the Minneapolis situation. Um, for me, it's, I haven't seen any evidence that supports that the officer, uh, Derek Chauvin or any of the other officers, had any racial intent or racial motive. Um, do I think the knee to the neck was necessary? Absolutely not. Um, and I've watched the video from several different angles. Um, but I, I can't, you know, for me to say that guy is racist, blah, 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 I can't do that because as a black man, if, I, if I'm not in uniform and I'm in, you know, shorts and a T-shirt and gym shoes and I walk into a, a store and they're like, oh, he's a black guy, he's a thug. I don't want to be judged by the content of, you know, of, of my skin. I want to be judged by the content of my character, as Dr. Martin Luther King, you know, has preached about in the past. Um, so I want people to judge police officers based on the uniform. You get what I'm saying? I mean, you, yeah. I, and a lot of my friends are like, how can, how can you say he's not racist? Well, how can you say he's racist? We haven't seen any evidence. That's and then I think he was um, using excessive force in the incident. I think the incident should have never happened. Um, but as far as the racism goes, I, I can't I can't get on that train and say he was a racist cop. Um, are there bad cops out there? Absolutely, 100%. There's bad people in every profession, and we're all human. A lot of people forget that we're human. Um, That's it. The incident in Atlanta, Georgia. I don't think that that was an act of racism. I think... During the whole thing, the officers acted professionally. Um, during the whole DUI investigation, they acted professionally. And um, when it got down to the subject uh, resisting arrest, um, when it comes to use of force, it's not black and white. It's a, there's a lot of gray. Um, and it's all going to be on how people interpret things. So we, we, we talked about this just a little bit before you called, and, and Chris and I had a pretty heated discussion last night um, going back and forth on this because obviously I see things from the view of having lived this, um, and, and he is not. Right. Um, but, you know, and so when we started the show tonight, I said, look, this is what I'm going to say about this. It's strictly removing the emotion from it, removing the time that we're living in uh, just strictly based on the predicate laid out by the Supreme court on the cases in the past. This comes down to yeah. force continuum. Um, and, and you know, if, if this guy turned and engaged the officer with a taser based on force continuum and that alone, it makes it a justifiable shooting in the terms of, the, the the legal terms you know we can debate the whole you know should this guy you know all, all that is it, something completely different right legally speaking right. is where i'm coming from okay so we'll, we'll just go at this we'll go with this you know we, we we can sit around and talk about what cops do bad 
wrong or in between, right? The question is that you're somebody that does it, right? What, what is one thing, what is one thing that if you had right now that you don't have currently, what is one thing that if you had it would change your life as a police officer as far as confrontations with people that you have to have confrontations with people that, that, you know, that you get into a confrontation, just like the guy in Atlanta or whatever the case is, is there something, whether it's cameras, a different type of, uh, a different type of something on your bed. What, what is there anything that you know of, or, or you, you're like, God, if we had this, what is that? You know, my department is, uh, they take care of us pretty well. Um, so for me, I mean, I, I, I'm pretty set with, you know, everything that I've been given to do my job. Um, you know, departments don't have cameras. I know there's a lot of people out there that are against them. Um, but I believe that they, they can, they can help you. Um, you know, in this situation, it, it kind of screwed the officer because, you know, for the Atlanta one, because he's, you know, now facing murder charges for it. But it also gives people the opportunity when you're in a courtroom setting, um, to see everything from start to finish. Um, yep. And it allows you to be able to take out the hearsay and you can, you know, put in front of people actual evidence of what took place. So, I mean, if departments don't have cameras out there, I, I think that cameras are a great tool um, that would help a lot of officers, especially in these questionable use of force incidents. Well, and, and uh, one of the other things that goes into that as well, and you and I have both lived it and, is when you start playing it back without a camera, obviously you have he said, she said, but the the other thing is in these high intensity situations, you forget things um, and Absolutely. you're reacting and in, in, in fairness, both sides are forgetting things. Um, you know, I've, I've had, you know, guys who I've arrested who, you know, in the heat of the moment said something and they watch a video back and it's, and they're humiliated because, you know, right. they don't even remember what they said or did, much less what you said right. or did. Well, I, I, I tell you yeah. what, I mean, I, I, uh, I appreciate you calling us and, and giving your perspective no because, I mean, it's, it's definitely not a situation where we, you know, I would ever get to ask, you know, or hear about this type of situation because honestly, truthfully, and, and I think I speak for a, a, a lot of people that are, or, or skin, white skin, is like I, I truly don't have a clue on how to say or do any anything. And, you know, it's and it, and it's, it's just it's just really difficult to be as opinionated of an asshole as I am and, and not be able to say anything yeah. about stuff well, all the well, time. I mean, well, even even looking right. through clips for tonight, we we had to talk through is this even though this is a common sense clip. Yeah. Is this going to make us look like a racist if we play this clip? Yeah. Um, and and yeah. that's not the case at all. You know, it was, but right. uh, it's, it's, I mean, it, from a police officer's perspective, I always got to say that you guys have to deal with shit every day, all the time. And then when you pull me over, uh, you know, and, and, and I feel like I'm being like, not maybe treated the best, but I, I always have to think of that is that, I, I, when I go to work and put on a guitar, for instance, I'm playing to a bunch of drunks and we're all getting drunk and it's all a great time. But you guys yeah. have to deal with the shit of the shit every day. 
And, and I don't think people understand that. And, and I think that, you know, the fact that you're not superhuman, and, and, but somehow you're supposed to be different than the rest of us, it just, that kind of stuff blows my mind. But I tell you, I, I really appreciate what you do and I, I hope you stick with it. And, and I hope some of this stuff kind of, I hope it works out. But I, I will say this, officer, you know, it's going to take it to me. It's going to take more than statements from people like you to say that your department gives you what you need to do your job. I, I honestly think that police officers need to freaking stand up and say, look, if we need to do this by a way, if, if money rules the world, if this is all about money or whatever it is about, you know, that, that let's, let's, let's do something where here's what the off, here's what I'm saying. And, and officers need to have a safe place to where they can t- say, look, that guy is a, is a problem and he's going to ruin it for the rest of us, you know? And I don't know if, and I don't want to, I don't want to get into that, that, that with you. Cause I'm, I, I know I don't, I don't want to get into it with you because I know you really can't say either way, but I, I mean, I have definitely uh, on, on a, on a personal level from other police officers I've known that have said that, you know, you got to be careful what you say about other police officers, right? Well, I mean, I, and now yeah. there, to some point, yes, but however, I mean, I, I've worked in departments where there were guys who were stepping outside the lines, guys with rank, yeah. and and it, it it doesn't take long for other officers to go, hey, you better fix it and fix it now, or you need to do something else because. I'm not coming with you. Yeah, but I mean, You're the thing about out. it is, the thing about it is that you can't say it's going to take it. It it is it, it, it. You know, you better do something. You better do no, something, I'm, right? I'm, no, I'm saying because here's the deal. And my dad talked about it tonight. And officer, you might be able to help me with this. You know, if those guys in Atlanta would have just let him run away, okay? You just you you just say, okay, I'm we're two white guys, and this is a black guy, and if we shoot this guy. That they're going to burn this fucking Wendy's down, right? Sorry about my language. My mom's pissed. But, <laughs> but my point is, if you would have, as police officers, if you would have just let that guy run away, okay, and he goes out and, and gets in a car somewhere else and runs over a kid, there's no winning for you guys. No, you're li- once no, you make that contact, you're, you're you are liable for that person. Yeah, no shit. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. So people need, I mean, what are you supposed to do? Right. I mean, there's and, and this is the thing. And I'm not this is not rhetorical in the sense that I understand, officer, that you 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 can't just let the guy run away. Right. One, you're done. You're engaged. You're. But if you did because of the political situation and the shit that's going on right now. Sorry, mom. But but to let that go again, you can't let him go. Right. And so to me, you know, it's. You know, again, we're going to see a clip here pretty soon where we saw we're going to see two people, two reporters that were saying, oh, cops need to have less ability to kill somebody. Cops need to have less ability to defend them, whatever the case is. And then they go through the simulation. Well, so the one was and you've probably seen this video, but the one was a a guy who was leading protest against the cops. He was he was all for he said we should abolish police officers so they took him out and they go to the other clip parker um so 
so they invited this guy to the police department in Phoenix and said, okay, we, we get where you're coming from. So we want to find some middle ground and, and we'll go through for those of you watching, we're going to play this clip in a minute, but essentially they put this, uh, this guy who is an activist and who, um, who is fighting to shut down police departments. They reached out and said, Hey, come, just come hang out, see some of this simulation that we do and then make some a little better informed decision, and then we'll we'll show that. Uh, thank you so much. Actually, for let me. him stay on. All right, well, I'm, okay, perfect. can you stay with us? Yeah, yeah. Oh right. yeah, let, play this clip. Play this clip because you know the the, the issue is I, I have a question about honestly. After we're done with this clip, I, I kind of want to know if if you took some of the people in your community it, it, through this kind of process, what would happen? So let's watch this. Let's watch this. Yeah. I went through the scenarios too without seeing what Moppin did. We're, we're halfway through. Yeah, that's all right. That's all right. Just that's fine. These are. Uh, do you have anything you show me that? Yeah, don't worry about. No, I need to talk to you. Come on, come on out over here. Oh. Well, I'm dead. Maricopa County Sheriffs, get on the ground. Get on the ground. Both of you, get on the ground. Get on the ground. For what? Get back. What get back. Same results for both of us. Things happen very fast out here. I asked Maupin what his biggest takeaway from this exercise will be. I didn't understand how important uh, compliance was, but but after going through this, yeah, my attitude has, has changed. Uh, it, this is all unfolding in, in 10 to 15 seconds. Um, people need to comply with the with the uh, orders of law enforcement officers for their own sake. Thanks to the Maricopa wow. County Sheriff's See? Office for... Uh, it was a really interesting experience. So, I mean, that... that that right there is the is the key, right? As a police officer, there's a guy that wants to shut police officers down, shut the, shut the precincts down, whatever the case is. And he, after going through the situations, uh, uh, three situations, uh, you know, and not not even being harmed himself or touched in a controlled environment, controlled yeah. situation, he comes out and says, you know, this all unfolds so fast, and things are happening so fast. You don't know what's going on. So let me ask you this, officer. If you went into some of these communities that you're talking about, with, with, with some of the black communities, and you pulled out some of the people that are maybe, let's say, leaders, let's you know, people that other people listen to, and you brought them out with you, and you, if they were willing, and you would tell them, like, why don't you come out with us? Do you think that would make a difference? I do. Um... You know, it's just reaching them to where they want to agree to, you know, come to a simulator or come to a ride-along. Um, it's just getting them to agree, simply. Um, but I, I think it would help, yeah. I think it would change their perspective, and I think that they would stand up for us a little bit more when they actually can have a glimpse of what it is that we actually go through day-to-day when we're out there on the road. I mean, the, these videos that, we, that we've watched, millions of views. I mean, is it something that maybe, you know, that going back, especially in, you know, being a black police officer that you could go back and say, look, here's, here's, here's some information where, where these other, where Arizona and, and, and someplace else that we, we had this other clip, uh, I'm not sure where uh, it was from. Mobile, Alabama. Mobile, Alabama, where they've put people that were black and white through these simulators that, that believed cops were not, their, the use of force for cops was not right. And, and and at the end of these simul just at the end of the simulators, they were saying, I, "Okay, I changed my mind. This is this is not this is really hard." I mean, I it, you know, yeah. I mean, I to me, 
it's like cops have to stand up for themselves in a way that's like, okay, just like if Chad and I, we always look at the guy that plays guitar in their bathroom, uh, you know, and they want to come to Nashville and they think they should just be on the road. Well, you can't just be on the road, right? You have to, you have to, you have to start at the bars and you have to start somewhere. And this is everybody's life. Unless you're a piece of, just a piece of shit. I hate to say it, it's the only one I can really find. Unless you're just a piece of shit. I mean, at the end of the day, most people, I'd say a majority work for things they've gotten in their life. They, they've, they've found stages and they, they've worked through the stages to get wherever they are. And that's what a police, no, police officer is no different. You have to start as a, as a rookie and you work your way up and, and people, but, but nobody's going to understand what you're going through and nobody's going to understand what you do on a day-to-day basis unless they do it. It's easy to play Monday morning quarterback, right? And, and so yeah. to me, sure. I don't know if you can start it. I don't know if, if we can start it with the, the, the 30 people, including my mom and dad and probably a couple of cousins that watch this show. But I mean, Cops need to get the leaders of these black communities, especially for bigger cities, because, and I'm sure there are white meth heads, other places that probably need to go on a ride along. And maybe that ride along needs to go out into the woods where they never come back to that, that community. But that being said, I mean, there are leaders that I'm sure that you deal with every time you go into a community like Friday and it's like sparky, Hey, what's going on? Whatever, who never hell it is. I'm sure you deal with these people on a regular basis. Why not yeah. say, I mean, obviously you got to make sure they don't have any weapons. I'm sure that's a big deal, but you know, right. come with me and, and let me show you. And if you see us doing something, let me know what you think. And I promise you nine times out of 10, that person's probably going to agree with what you just did. I I don't know, officer. I mean that, that, but somebody has got to give an idea People cannot abolish the police department. We cannot abolish yeah. this shit over one thing. Somebody's got to step up with a freaking idea here. And 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 I think yeah. all of us are on the same page as far as actual race relations go. Um, I think you know it, it's across the board. You know, I felt like everybody. And again, you touched on this, and I'm glad that you did about the race applying to the to the George um, deal um, and the thing in in Minnesota. Um, but you know, everybody was behind the fact that that's wrong. I I don't know, right. you know, unless you're some nut job, there's nobody going. Racism is okay. Um, it's all about how we're choosing to combat that. Um, but what's not what's not okay is the fact that that need thing is a normal practice for the Minneapolis Police Department, right? So my my thing is okay, whether he was a bad cop or not, here's a procedure that those guys use. George Floyd just happened to die, right? If George Floyd doesn't die, we're not here right now. So whether they're racist or not, you just pick the bad. This is not how you deal with a bad day. Right. I don't know. You're you're and, and, you're a black person in this country. Forget you being a police officer for a second, but I'll never be black. OK. And it's not even a point if I want to be or not. The, the bottom line is I can't feel anybody else's pain or good or anything. I, I can't feel anything but myself. 
Whatever I feel is all I can feel. I can have empathy. I can have, I can try to feel something about, but most of the time when something bad happens to other people, you just think how it would affect you if it happened to you. That's how humans work, right? So whether this guy is racist or not, whatever the case is, the, the, the first degree murder is intent to kill. So he didn't have that. Everybody could probably agree with. He just he's just a an idiot. That why does it take three cops rub a dub dub with on George Floyd? That why no that's wrong. Okay, but bottom line is that the response to that situation obviously is not a response to that situation, is it? It's a response to a thousand times or a hundred times over the last fifteen years that this has happened, and we don't deal with it. Not the cops don't deal with it. The city governments don't deal with it. The black people do not deal with it. We just, we rant, we rave, we let it go away. And white people go tucked away because we're afraid to talk about it and we're afraid to say our feelings. And black people just get upset and they go back into the communities and, and 90% of, of black people that die are, are at the hands of other black people. And no, white people can't say anything about that. So if it isn't police officers that, that are in this mire every day, who is it going to be that's going to say if we don't get if we don't do something radically different we're n- not only is there not going to be a police department but there's you're, you're going to have some kind of you're going to have chaz all over the place you're going to chaz all over the place well and, and just like we were talking about last night it if you abolish police departments as a guy who was the thing I told you, better make sure you're ready to defend your own property um, because it's chaos. There is no law. I, I just don't. I, I I honestly believe, officer, that you know it's going to take. And I don't even at this point in time, I don't think it matters if you're a black police officer or a white, just a police officer who got into to this job to do something. You know. To do something, to do something for, for whatever the reason was. You know, you, you, you grew up wanting to do it. You're, you wanted to be a detective. Well, you saw a TV show. You know, you, but the bottom line is you wanted to do something to help people. I have to say that that's why you do this. Right? I mean, right. And, and, and even if it makes you feel good, even if it's selfish and, and, and makes you, who gives a shit? You just saved people. I mean, whatever the case is. But I mean, you can't just quit. There's got to be another way to say, okay, all cops aren't this guy. So somehow police and the unions, for God's sakes, it's not like the police unions aren't powerful. Have to figure out a way to to separate the bad from the good. You know, Um, and I am preaching now and I'm going to quit talking because I've had enough. Is there is there anything you want to say or um, feel like people should know during all this, or what would your message to people be? So for clothing for me, I mean, it's just, uh, you know, police officer, and I can speak for, I'm sure, a lot of us across the country are tired. Uh, you know, with all the protests that have happened, we're, we're overworked. Um, we're frustrated. Um so when we deal with you, you know, there's going to be times that, you know, you're going to see cops that look like they have an attitude or they're not happy. 
it's, it's because we're, we're people too. We're human too. And, you know, we're expected to leave all of our problems and all of our, you know, baggage at the door when we hit the streets. Um, but when it's every day you get on the, you know, you open up the TV or you open up your computer, your phone, and you're seeing constantly more and more and more bad news about police. Um, it's, it's kind of, uh, overwhelming. Um, so yeah. you don't even have that chance to decompress really because it's happening all day, every day, you know, for the last couple, you know, month and a half to two months now. Um, so I know we always say it, but, you know, comply with us. I mean, that, that's the biggest thing is compliance. Um, I talked to a guy the other day on the street, you know, he was saying that um, he was, day, you know, afraid day. of the police. And I told him, hey, man, as long as you comply, don't, there's no reason for us to put our hands on you or pull you out of your car and, you know, put handcuffs on you unless you're giving us that reason. And, you know, I told him, if you want to record, I'm a cop that if somebody's recording me, I tell him, hey, just make sure you get my good side and you record everything. Um, because I'm going to do my job the right way every time. And, and there's not like there's no so, recourse for that. If if there is, if right. you feel like you're out of line, you're being treated out of line, you know, if, if your rights are being violated, not that anybody wants that, you know, but, but there's recourses that, that you can file a lawsuit. You can, but you get to, you get to, yeah, absolutely. you get to live to do those things for lack of better terms. I mean, you're not putting an officer in an impossible situation. Um, right. So, and sorry to interrupt you. Go ahead. No, I, but that that's exactly where I was headed with it is, you know, if you feel that you were done wrong, you know, you can start with taking it to the police department and asking to speak to the supervisor. If you feel that it's not going to go anywhere and you feel that you have a good uh, civil lawsuit, take it to a lawyer and get yourself paid if you want, you know. Um, but arguing on the street and, you know, getting um, – agitated with us out on the street is not going to end well for any of us um and that's not the place where that's why you know the american um criminal justice system has courts in place and a lot of stuff you know with the whole brianna taylor incident you know it's another big one that's a, a topic it's not always just the police i mean i know that started with the police for her but people want um you know the officers charged and they this and that after it's done with the police that's all in the court's hands yeah. Um, so the court, you know, the prosecutor, or the district attorney, or whatever state, you know, that they have, whether the prosecutor, district attorney, or state's attorney, um, if they haven't charged the case yet, that's that's not on the police. So when people are taking their frustrations out on us about why is this kind of charged and this and that, well, that has nothing to do with the police. Um, that's that's everything to do with the prosecutor or their district attorney. Um, but like I said, there's a lot of us are tired and you know and we're not having that opportunity to decompress and we're trying. Um, that's something I just want people to know is that we're trying to be there for you and we're trying to help make this a better situation for everybody. But the community and the people of America have to allow us to do that. Well, we appreciate your service officer. Thank you so much for, for calling in and, and talking to us about it. We really appreciate it. No problem. Stay Thank safe, buddy. Hope to see you yeah. soon. Thank you, sir. Talk to you later. Thank yes, you. sir. Well, we have to uh, we have to give some some credit tonight to uh, the people that help us keep this show going, which is uh, Aurora Nutriscience that, uh, with their Lipersol Mall and, and and the vitamins and the supplements. If you guys uh, 
if you guys do take supplements or you're thinking about it, you got to start here with uh, Aurora Nutriscience and and uh, their products. Really uh, good stuff, and and just it's not something that's going to sit in you and and leave you. It's going to actually get into you, uh, and that's Aurora Nutriscience. If you go to Aurora Nutriscience and order the the um, any supplements, you can uh, type in Chris Weaver and, and you'll get ten percent off on that. Also, uh, you know, Guidance Whiskey uh, has been a sponsor for not only this show but the Chris Weaver Band show and uh, the the stuff that we've done online. And you know, Jason uh, is really has uh, been a, a really good friend and a, and a great guy for me to to talk to and and to learn from. But you know, his business, uh, the way he you know he just wants to succeed. You know, and and try to find something to succeed with. And, you know, and he found this whiskey uh, along with you know this numerous uh, lines of alcohol that he's been working with from from uh, tequila to to wine. Uh, right now, we'd like to play a, a, his commercial tonight, but just just to give you a little uh, a taste of what who, who Jason is, and and we're going to play uh, you know his full uh, full interview this week. But here's uh, here's Gotten Gotten's whiskey, one of our sponsors. brought guidance on well so when i was deciding to move back to nashville i talked to my friend stacy who's a wine broker here and she was telling me how they were trying to change the laws to um around something being called a tennessee whiskey and anything that they're moving laws around about is going to be big so coming back here she was like why don't you try a whiskey and i was like it's a great idea because i drink whiskey that's my favorite drink but i felt like it was saturated you know and i didn't know how to get started well she helped us find a small contract distillery up in Iowa that gave us a shot. We walked, we worked with a bunch of people before we found these guys, and we did. They let us work with the product because I wanted something that was smooth. That's another thing. Being about 40 years old, I don't like, I got tired of lying about liking the liquor that I was drinking, right? It's, I like full flavor. I like body, but I don't want the burn. And that's what we created. We our tagline really became if you don't drink it we will we wanted to create a product that everyone could enjoy so if you're a whiskey a developed whiskey palette you'll respect it for the flavor it might not be 100 proof or the deep throat burning that you want but you'll respect you'll 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 respect the finishes and, and, the, and the time and the age that went into it but if you're a novice if you're new or you don't even really like whiskey that much you're going to love guidance because it's light enough for you to drink it straight. It's light enough for you to put it with a little ice. But then the cocktail, the signature cocktail game has blown it out of the out of the water. People love making cocktails out of our out of our product. I mean, he's he's a cool dude. I mean, he definitely he is all about business. And I mean, you know. Uh, just a really interesting person to talk to and, and just his passion for what he, what he wants to do. And I mean, the only thing holding, the only thing that would hold Jason back is, is if he didn't, if he just was lazy, I mean, he, he just, you know, nothing's going to hold him back. I mean, he's going to get this done and he's going to, and he's going to do whatever, whatever he just sets his mind to, which is, you know, a great story. And, and especially in, in, in these times when, you know, it, 
you know, because he, he, there isn't a black and white issue with him. He doesn't look at me and I don't look at him. And it's just, he just, he want, he loves this whiskey and, and I love it too. And I, <laughs> I drink two or three bottles of it and I'll, I'll love anybody. I love a balloon. I've, yeah. I've, I've loved a balloon. And we like giving them to people. I love giving whiskey to people. We might give whiskey to people tonight. That'd be great. Let's do it. Let's give whiskey to people. Let's give a radio away. You, you know, I think, I think maybe we need to, maybe we need to send a, a bottle of whiskey to that officer. Let's do it. Let's do it. I'm gonna, I'll hit him up and get his, All right. his info. All right. We'll send a body, a bottle of whiskey to. Well, his name was Jerry. No. Well, it, Jordan. Jordan. Yeah. Okay. We'll send a bottle of whiskey to Jordan tonight, and uh, and and let's give a Sony uh, radio away too while we're at it. I mean, I like that radio and whiskeys, radio and whiskeys, huh? Nothing like listening to your car stereo while having a big bottle of whiskey. No, not good. Yeah, okay. Maybe the not compliance. Maybe the two don't mix. Exactly. Casey, Casey says it's good whiskey too. Good whiskey too. Thank you, Casey. Casey, Casey likes all whiskey. I think pretty sure Casey doesn't care what it. Tastes How about like. this sweet tea deal he has going on? The whiskey and sweet. Well, tea. it's it's not out yet, so it, it's he's it's just getting started. It's it's it, you, I think you can get it around here, and you could probably get it from his website. I don't want to misspeak about right. that. I uh, just saw the bottle and thought, it, it is, what a concept. I'm gonna tell you something right now. It's one of those drinks where you have to be really careful on how much you drink, right? You've got to ice it down because once you, once you taste it, you don't want to stop drinking it like iced tea. I mean, it's, it's, but you can't, right? Because it's, it's got whiskey in it. It's, it's, but it's, it's really hard sweet tea. It's really good. It's really good. And it, it it's like a peach tea. It's like a, a fruit tea or whatever. Right. And, and that's really big to, to, to Nashville. Uh, when I'm, when I first moved here, I had no idea what fruit tea was. Uh, but obviously now, now I do, uh, but well, yeah, you, you, you gotta be careful. Pop in sunshine where you came from in West Virginia. Yeah, well, so. I mean, you know, I, I, my, I had family used to make sun tea, sun yeah. tea. So this, we're going to move on. I got, I, I mean, obviously it's not like anybody, uh, I, I'm sure you haven't heard enough about the, the police and, and people and all that, uh, over, over the last couple but of weeks. But what a great perspective that was. I, I mean, mean it was I, I appreciate you brought that into the situation. If you want to call in the numbers at the bottom of the screen, we'll be glad to talk to you as well. Uh, we might not be able to hear you, but uh, you know, that's probably better. It's probably better. Um, so, you know, uh, this weekend, we're going to touch on this for a minute. It's going to be definitely something next week that we, I want to dive into a little bit more. Where in the, uh, where in the heck, <laughs> where in the heck, do you stand with the fact that uh, cities uh, are allowing uh, uh, hundreds of tens of thousands of people to 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 protest and congregate and do all that fun stuff? But then when businesses try to open, uh, uh, they get fined for having too many people in, in their business. We kind of ran into this here in Nashville this week. Um, I think uh, they sided with five, five different bars. Five bars. Five yeah. bars in Nashville for having not not following uh covid restrictions is it is it is it weird to you is it is it weird is it weird that 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 we we have all these different protests and for for two weeks it's solid protesting solid protesting and and then it's protest protest looters looters george soros and all this acme bullshit and and then and then you have bill gates and all that kind of stuff and then all of a sudden when that narrative is over when it gets too far left when you start taking over blocks of a of a city, 
and, and start uh, demanding, uh, ruining, you know, getting rid of the prison. When all that, when it gets too far, when, when they hit Microsoft, when they hit, <laughs> when they, <laughs> when you hit Control Alt Delete, <laughs> when you hit Control Alt Delete, now we're going to go back to COVID. So COVID did not exist. COVID did not exist for two weeks. We got out of it. I thought I was going to have to go back to work. If you really want me to be honest, I thought I was going to have to go back to work. I thought, oh my God, COVID's over. I got to go go back to go back to plan. You, you thought you went from being unessential to needed. I, I thought, I mean, I have not loved anything more than being in this house 24-7. With your dog. In my underwear. I haven't changed my outfit in three months. I mean, go back over the last 10 weeks and look what I'm wearing in these shows. This is it. Well, you hang it up on the door and pick it up and I you hang, walk in. I look like Mr. Rogers when I walk through this door. <laughs> I take off my sweatshirt that I wear all the name. time. Yeah. I put on this shirt. Change shoes. Change. I don't even wear shoes. Yeah. Barefoot. I give no... And I promise you that there's a group of American people out there that probably haven't changed their underwear or their shirts or their bras or their whatever the heck you are wearing. I bet you three months. And then I bet people that thought I'm going to be home all year working from home in my undies, you know, using the hose for a, a pool, whatever the case you're doing. I promise you when all this stuff happened with the police officers and all the burning of the, t you thought, is COVID over? Is COVID gone? Because nobody's talking about it anymore. Am I going to have to go back to work? Oh, you you didn't hear about the cure for COVID? Protesting? It's a riot. It's riots. It's yes. a riot. So, right. So oh, you missed the point. No, but uh, shut up. Put up this thing. Look, here. here. <laughs> dude, dude I, I saw this the other day, and I, I, there was a guy who... There's a guy who commented under this thing on Facebook and said, um, hold, oh my God. Hold, holding a protest in my backyard around, <laughs> around the grill, bring, bring your own topic you're, you're mad about and why we'll not, fight about it. Why not just call your bar a protest? Yeah. Just to call your bar a protest. Kid, Kid Rock's protest. Kid Rock's protest. Big ass honky tonk is protesting small asses. Huh? Well, I mean, essentially he is he is protesting now. He and oh, Steve, I mean, Smith Steve Smith are straight is, up. Steve Smith is pissed off, and rightfully and rightfully so. I mean, I mean there were in fair. Let's. I mean, and we're going to get into the whole other thing again because this has been a whole battle the all week, all week. Literally, right outside the door are ten thousand people. Oh, it's brutal. I don't know. And, and inside the door, how do you, there's how, a couple hundred. If you own a small business, or if you own a business, or a bar, or a restaurant downtown, how do you freaking take? A citation from the city that says you can't that you had people five foot apart instead of six. You can't do it. It's uh, impossible. Also, how many people from the protest after they're done are going into that bar to have drinks? Why? Why not? Uh, listen, you're there. Listen, why not? I, I don't want to hear you talk about people drinking, but I, I got to be honest with you. Like, what if? What if? Oh, we got another call. What? What do we got? Who? Who is it? Is it my mom? Is she mad because of my language? Albertville, Alabama. Oh, I, that's probably you too, Chad. Who? Hello. Who we got? Talk to us. You've been drinking. You're on. How valid is the validity? Are you there? You were. Caller. Nope. Gone. 
No good. Parker Parker along uh, cannot do his job. Still, Let me Parker see if can't I can do find his job. This number. No, don't worry about it. It's over now. Parker is it, it, it's it, Parker. It deserves the freaking two bucks an hour I pay him, plus tips. Two twenty five plus tips. That's what Parker gets. Don't worry about it. We lose him. We got him now. Is not available. Oh, it's an operator. Maybe they want to sell insurance. Anyway, going back to my point here, if you're if you are a bar or a small business downtown, and 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 you get a citation because of this situation, how do you not have the right to say kiss my 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 grits? Yeah, I mean, there, there's going to have to be some some legal precedent set somewhere in all this because it's a. Uh, I mean, it's this is a pretty sticky situation, and again. I'm not. I'm not against the protest. I mean, as as long as you are, you know, as this is a peaceful protest. And here's the other thing: is not only are we having the protest, the mayor of Nashville tweeted encouraging people to come to it. Um, so how is the same guy who is encouraging people to gather in the tens of thousands? Fining people for gathering in right, the hundreds, right. and, and not only that, and then last night they passed a thirty-eight percent property tax increase. Everybody, I got to be honest with you: if you sit back and keep watching this shit happening to you, we're all going to get whatever we get. So everybody that's that, that's screaming, everybody that's greasing the wheel to get what they want right now, they might get it. But everybody else is just sitting around letting this stuff happen as cities start to take basically what you're what you're getting here is and what cities and, and states are going to start doing is they're going to start taking some of the unemployment money that you guys have been getting a shit ton of, right? Because that's what this is. You don't raise property tax 38% if a huge percentage of the population has been getting more money than they probably have been getting their t- whole time working. You're you're getting some. The state is getting some of that. Maybe that would that could be our next conspiracy theory. You know, I I don't know, but I promise you that 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 you don't raise the property tax thirty eight percent overnight without that being a part of this this, this equation. Uh, well, and and you think about, I mean, thirty eight percent of those bars that are multi-million dollar bars downtown business random businesses in nashville anyways that are multi-million dollar business 38 percent on that property um it's unbelievable it's unbelievable and and and, uh you know i i just don't how do you run a business well i I mean mean, the the bottom line is there's no question that nashville's property tax shouldn't have shouldn't it shouldn't have. It should have been incrementally raised over the years. I mean, I've been here seventeen years, and my property tax has not been that much ever. And then you you have no state income tax, so you don't have any of that going through, you know, to cities and, and, and counties. Whatever the case is, it should have gone up incrementally. Well, and you factor in this. I mean, the loss of tourism funds because oh, of you COVID. Can't even, I mean, you can't even. I mean, I get. Here's the problem. Once the state or the city, Davidson County, gets some of this money back that they've lost, right? I, I mean, the, the issue becomes, what does that tax stick around? 
There's no way they're coming back from it now. Right. Unless so, you get an entire new right. council right. So and th- mayor. That, well, it's not even... Right. So now, now you're going to have people that can run off the fact of we got to lower these taxes. And that's right. going to happen. But my point to you is these taxes are not just going to go down like Jiminy Cricket waving his little wand. This, no. This, so once the city gets their money back, what are they going to do with all that money that's still on the books, that's still coming in because they raised property taxes 38%. That's the freaking problem. Well, you're that's t- a problem of this freaking world all the time is where, when they put a tax on something and they pay off whatever it is they want, they don't remove the tax. Well, it's it's like a like a, a toll road. If you drive to Chicago, you have to go through 37,000 toll. Every two miles, there's a new toll booth. Chad, and the road's still, I mean. You're an idiot. Okay, we're, we're not talking about you know, but, it. You but know, but it's the, the same thing. I, I'm sick of you, Chad. I'm sick of you, Chad. I'm Shocker. sick of Parker. I'm sick of Parker coming in here with his, with his nice hair that's not gray and your hair that's not gray and telling me. Oh, mine's, mine's, mine's getting pretty. I, I'm going to say this. Next week, we are going to have some more precise argument and not take as long because there's some things I wanted to get to tonight that we didn't get to, but that's okay. Uh, the, the, the one, and we'll get to stuff like that. And, oh, there's a couple of things that just, I really wanted to get to, but it is getting long. Chad has come out with a new single. Come out with it. I've just come out with it. I mean, he's, I, I think that you said that this is your masterpiece. You've been working on it for 30 years. That well, this is the one, this is the one. I, I did not write this song, but I, I was fortunate enough to get this song. Right, because okay, uh, I forgot you don't write songs. I do write lots of songs. Right, just um, none people heard. Okay, go ahead. Anyways, um, my buddy Joel Shoemake wrote this song, who uh, is an incredible songwriter. He's had cuts with uh, with uh, Jared Neiman, with Craig Campbell, with Timmy Trace Atkins. Timmy Wynette. <laughs> Willie Nelson? No. Anyways, <laughs> this guy's a very successful songwriter, so it, it means a lot to me that he trusted me with this song. And uh, so we released this thing um, last Friday, um, and uh, I mean, so far we've we've had a pretty good response from it. We're we're getting some some airplay on country radio, and uh, our friends at a uh, Tin Roof debuted this uh this lyric single or lyric video for us um nationwide on every single one of their uh social media platforms and uh i appreciate that a ton and i can't wait to get back out and play this thing for people live so our song of the week uh, unfortunately greg ice wasn't a part of this one tonight but we'd like to thank aurora nutriscience uh or or a supplement uh a a, a supplement that uh, we really appreciate and love that's helped us out a guidance whiskey um, Hertz Audison uh, speakers and, and amplifiers. Modern media geeks always helping us out. And uh, what else do we got? Sony Mobile. Um, I'm going to give somebody a radio tonight. I don't. I don't care. I, I'm going to do it. Uh, we haven't given one away. I'm going to do it. Um, and who else? Who else we got on there? Uh, Titan Motoring and Cartronics. So we appreciate uh, you guys watching another. How valid is the validity? Uh, please download past episodes at How Valid is the validity or hvvcast.com and you can download uh, past episodes there and and watch some stuff as well um and we're here every wednesday night at eight o'clock next week we will have a conspiracy corner which is one of my favorite 
favorite parts of the show. And I think Rick will be back with a technology today as well. So anyway, thank you guys for uh, paying attention. We really appreciate it. We'll see you next time. Here's Chad's uh, new song, Runway, uh, on how valid is the validity. See you next week. Going places, you could do anything in the world that you said your beautiful mind to a girl like you should be going places and if you ever forget it i'll be remind you that you ought to be on a runway somewhere